and there, there there is a whole section in here on dying edited by michael d radisich and his chapter six that's all it is man and he has some super awesome literature i mean like he has a color wheel that you're uh, he's pinpointing you know hey i want to get this this little tiny between red and violet red violet blah, blah, blah. he has all i mean that one it looks like uses one two three four five different dyes that was jason miller with a great resource and tip on dyeing feathers we are going freestyle today on the wet fly swing fly fishing show Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Please take a moment and leave a five-star review if you have listened to the show and been enjoying the content or found some tips. You can head over to wetflyswing.com love. This will uh, give you a quick chance to uh, leave a review. And if you do this, you get a free hat and wet fly swing sticker uh, if you send me a screenshot of your review. Uh, this helps us grow the show and reach more people and help more people out there. Jason Miller, the Freestyle Tire on Instagram, shares some of his best tips on tying spay flies and deflies flies today. We find out who you should be following to uh, up your game this season, where you can find live fly tying sessions and how to marry wings easily. Before we get started, let's hear from our sponsor. Koffler Boats specialize in custom-ordered aluminum boats and uses the best materials, components, and accessories available to meet all of your fishing and boating needs. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash Koffler to check out the lineup right now. That's Koffler, K-O-F-F-L-E-R, wetflyswing.com slash Koffler to check out uh, the lineup and to connect with Joe. We are walking step-by-step through the Spayfly today. So without further ado, here is Jason Miller from Freestyle Tire 42 on Insta. How's it going, Jason? Good, man. How you doing, Dave? Good, good. It's finally good to do this. We've been talking about this a while since the show. Or When was that Flight Tide show? Was that like three years ago? That was at least three years ago, maybe even four. Yeah. I know they haven't had it the last two years. I know. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. So, so it's been, I mean, and now we've gone through COVID and we're hopefully coming out of COVID right. you know, soon. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I want to dig in, just kind of follow up on that. We took an hour and 45 minute long video of you tying a spay fly, um, I guess, or was uh-huh. it a D fly? It was, that one was a D. Yeah, that was, a D. was a D. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into the difference between the spay and D a little bit here. But, um, and I also wanted to get into some tips for people that are interested in learning how to tie, you know, spay and D flies and things like that. But before we get there, maybe just uh, talk about how you first got into fly fishing, then how you brought it to be the, uh, the, the freestyle tire on Instagram. <laughs> I, I, I got in basically from my grandpa when I was, I was either five or six years old. Um, I used to spend my summers and stuff with my grandparents and my grandpa, Henry, me and him would always go fishing and I would be on him and on him and on him to go fishing. So he tied flies and kind of had a little spare room and he shoved me in that spare room where I either loaded shotgun shells or tied flies to stay out of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how that, I got into it. That's he, it. Uh, that's it. Yep. So your uncle is in, is he, uh, is he still around? My grandpa. No, he oh. just, he just, he passed last November. Oh, wow. Gotcha. So it was your grandpa. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. 
Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's the thing. You always think back, how did you get started? And there's usually somebody out there that's, that was that person, right? And, uh, yeah. So how did you take it in? So, I mean, from there and then the freestyle tire 42, how did that, how'd you come to jump on Instagram and be kind of, you know, leading the way there with all this, all the spay? Man, I just, uh, I used to hate Facebook and social media and stuff, honestly. And, uh, I'd never, cause all I ever saw it was drama, 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 bullshit, bullshit, yeah. bullshit. And, and it bugged me. And then my wife got me on it somehow. She's like, Oh, here's a fly time group. I'm like, Oh, here's a, this group. Oh, <laughs> and actually Bob Viverka, I was just uh, posting pictures of my flies and Bob Viverka got me onto one of the groups called the spay tire. And then some of the guys on there got me onto the D tire. And uh, those were, you know, those two styles of flies were in my wheelhouse or, or my favorite styles to tie. And, uh, man, I just kind of hit off from there and then like, Hey, join Instagram. And, and I started doing that and yep. just share, you know, just doing the best I can to share, uh, my passion, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's the way I look at it is, uh, it's just a, a platform to, to have guys who like those styles be able to talk and get together and share their ideas and, you know, I honestly, I know a lot of guys steal from each other and all those groups and, Oh man, that looked awesome. I'm going to try that, but I'm going to do this to it. So, um, it's just pretty cool platform to be able to share ideas and get ideas and still be creative, but still somewhat be follow the classic lines of what spades and D's are, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you're doing a, uh, is it a weekly, uh, live video on Instagram or what, what, what do you got going there? Man, I just kind of, do them live when either buddies want to jump in and, and tie together or uh, well, sometimes a lot more than Friday night's almost always a video. Um, but I, I'll, I've done videos whenever people want to see stuff, man. I always ask people to ask questions or when friends want to tie together, we just hop on there and tie together. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah there's, so. yeah, there's no real schedule, I guess you could say. Yeah, and I mean, it's always I, the live stuff. I mean, this is live too, but this isn't quite as hard because it's it's audio. That that's kind of the clubhouse thing, which which is amazing, right? I mean, we're sitting here chatting, and we got uh, you know John and Justin in the audience and things like that. And as this, you know, as we grow, and like I said, the Q and A, there's a chance to raise hands, bring people up, and it's just that engagement, which is really kind of interesting and fun. Um, when you're doing those videos. So you're tying a fly and how long, I mean, typically are these videos? Cause these flies can take a while, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. When, uh, Instagram used to have, I think it was an hour long limit. So some flies would take, you know, three or four videos. Now it's, it's, there's no time frame. So, um, I think me and my buddy Joel did one last night and started around five thirty, and I got off at eight thirty, nine o'clock. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome. So you guys are going <laughs> yeah. strong. Oh Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. You know, we, you know, stuff comes up. Yeah. We do our, we do our best um, to answer questions. Sometimes you miss them because you know, you're kind of the way that it's being done is you, it's just a couple of our buddies hanging out, you know, cause I don't get to see Joel or other guys that I tie with. Joel lives six hours away. Um, other buddies live in other States. So it's kind of a way to hang out too. And then people can come on and, and ask questions and definitely, man, if, if we see the question or, if, or if, you know, Hey, how do you set mallard wings? 
if I'm doing that, definitely take the time to go through and explain all the details uh, best we can, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, so I was, I was trying to, you know, as I was thinking about doing this and I'm looking now at the, uh, on your Instagram, is it the red fly w with some golden, uh, the wing is like golden pheasant. Is that the one you were working on? Or is that uh, the I, previous? Did, I didn't put, oh, okay. yeah, I didn't, I didn't post the one last night yet. Um, well, I, no, I didn't. I got them right in front of me. I'm actually, looking. I did a spirit fly. I started actually on a video with Gabe. Um, I want to say Wednesday and then I finished that one up and then I did a, just a little freestyle bug, kind of a October bright off of deck and Marty Hogan's oh, yeah. or deck Hogan and Marty Howard's new book that, uh, yep. I love that fly. Totally. Totally. I'm trying to think I just posted something about uh, a deck, a recent, uh, from that episode we did a while back where he mm -hmm. talked, where he talked about the book, but, um, well, let's dig in. I want to talk a little bit, just a little more about, you know, spay flies and the difference between, you know, you hear spay flies, D flies, uh, you know, even like yes. Atlantic salmon flies, steelhead flies. So, and we talked about this on that, you know, hour and 45 minute video, I think. But um, what is, you know, between spay and D flies? Because I think probably a lot of people don't understand the difference. Is it, it's pretty subtle, right? It, yes, it is, man. It's there, and there's so much more to it. it and there's no real rules and there's kind of just a basic outline because to be honest, like, I mean, I read a lot of Shuey's work, a lot of Averka's work, a lot of the guys that, you know, have went back and, and looked at all the spay flies from Gordon Castle and the D flies. And I'm actually, um, one of the best things about like, uh, being on social media, um, a good friend of mine, John Anderson, he's a gilly on, on, the Spay River and being able to run questions across him to where you're getting true knowledge um, that's still there. But the basic idea of what a Spay fly is, was a, was a fly designed for that river a long ass time ago <laughs> yeah. is basically what it is. Right. And, and the same for the D um, there's the Aberdeenshire D and the, and the river Spay. Those are their namesakes. And there was whoever lived in those valleys had um, some unique char characteristics um, that were really only held to those rivers. There is some crossover and stuff like that. But if you really want to get into um, the difference, I basically use them as a style yeah. um, for my idea. of. But uh, a spay fly typically doesn't have a tail. Oh, okay. But, but if you if anybody was to ask most people what a spay fly is, everybody says a lady Caroline It right. has a tail, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you know, see, so there's always little subtleties that, uh, kind of break the rule. But, um, um, I spay fly to me is a, is a tailless fly, long flowing hackles and typically a bronze mallard wing. Okay. So, um, if you look at like Knox's, first 16 flies published about the spay fly or spay river the spay flies they were either i think a couple of them i think no they were either all bronze mallard or gray mallard type wings i don't think there's any of those were turkey then you get into like the fly called the dallas i think that's like the first one that comes in where it has a turkey wing but is a spay fly and they are set um 
kind of, I set them low like a jet. I like that look. Um, some of the old schools, they, they figure, figure eight around the wings. So they kind of were humped up. So they really moved in the river, but, um, bronze mallard wings, uh, you typically now the hackles are sh- either slapping or, or brown heron or blue eared pheasant or white, white eared pheasant or something like that, you know, long flowing hackles. Um, and bronze mallard wings is, is what I see as a spade fly. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and then it's probably, I mean, and then it's like you said, it's evolving, right? I mean, as you guys are tying things and yeah. Big time, you know, uh, kind of nowadays, you know, I, I tie married wing spade flies. I, I do a lot of, uh, I try to be creative as I can with them, you know, have ideas and blend in colors and, and, you know, having fun with it, making it unique and to the water. I, I intend to fish these flies, you know, you know, I, I think some people, um, kind of get bothered that if, if, you know, if you call that a spay fly, but I, uh, I, I, I find it the opposite. Um, I think it's paying a huge homage to, uh, the tradition and spay flies. You know, if you come and ask me, Hey, Jason, what is that married wing little thing? And I say, you know, it's a kind of a freestyle spay. And, oh, man, and then that's pretty cool. And then you get into the depth. And as you kind of, as people get drawn into the kind of spay style tying, you know, I, I always tell everybody to make sure that you go back and look at the history and, and get your understanding of it. Because it'll, one, it'll help you be a way better tire. Two, you understand where everything's coming from. And three, you're able to, you know, uh, let other people know about space flies, the history and everything like that. It keeps this tradition and heritage going. Where would somebody go if they wanted to learn about, uh, you know, some of that history and the backgrounds of what, what it takes to tie one of these and all that? Man, uh, I would, Baverker's book, Shuey's book are awesome. What's the, how do you spell um, that? What's Baverker? Baverka, Bob Baverka. Oh, Bob. For, okay, I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes when this thing posts uh, for for that, and then Shuey's book as well. Yeah, those two are awesome. And then uh, Colin Ines uh, did a website that's pretty awesome. Of uh, something that I use quite often, it's called Oh Feathers, Flies, and Phantoms. I think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just a website, and it goes over uh, a ton of spay flies, a ton of D flies, and you know kind of has pictures on most of them and and is very historically correct okay gotcha so he'd be a little more historically uh, not as much of the freestyle right and so and so is shuey and viverka i mean uh you know shuey definitely has his own style um it really it really did open my eyes up to it a lot um I'm sh- like shooting Viverka and McNeese and Glasso and those guys. Um, as I started to get into steel flies and see their pictures, it, man, that really, that's what turned me into the style that I have, to be honest with you. That's right. I, and I had McNeese on a while back and, uh, he was talking about, he's working on a Glasso book. I'm not sure if you heard about that. Yes. He's, uh, he's, going to be coming out with that i'm not sure how soon it is but that was i'll put a link to those uh episodes as well in the show notes um when this comes out but um yeah that uh mcneese do you know him a little bit 
I've, man, I've got to meet him in Albany. Yeah. He's a great dude. Um, he, in fact, and I was the first, it was actually the year you did the video. It was the first year I was yeah. in Albany. Oh, and, that was your uh, first year when, when, when we yeah. saw each other there? How cool. Yes, sir. And then, uh, but I had my wife and kids with me and I couldn't, <laughs> Dave's like, Hey, you want to come over to my house and die? And I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my wife. Right. <laughs> I'm like, and I apologize, buddy, but I gotta, I do have to spend some time with the family yeah. while I'm over here. So that's right. It sucks, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Life. Yeah. He told that story. I love the story. He, he told a couple of good stories, but you know, that one about the, um, uh, the FBI or whoever Homer. it was, the federal government coming to his house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Man, he told that story. That was I was stuck. like, wow, is this, is this really happening? You, you actually had like eight uh, federal cars come to your house and confiscate all of your fly tying gear. Oh, dude, that would suck so bad. Can you imagine that? And, uh, right, yeah. And, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that, that was, and then Shuey, of course, Shuey's a great guy as well, but, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, I mean, I'm looking at a few of your flies on Instagram. There's some cool stuff here. I'm just, it gets me thinking again, let, for clarification. Yeah. So you got Spain Go flies and then what about, uh, Atlantic salmon flies? Like where, is that just like uh, similar or a split or what do you, do you know much well, about that? Atlantic salmon, uh, Spain D flies are Atlantic salmon flies. So they're essentially, they're just, they're just a little bit like a, like you said, specific location. Yes. Um, and, and there's a style, you know, um, I would say what you're probably, what most people probably think of when you're, when you say Atlantic salmon fly is like, uh, for me, I would call them full dressed Atlantic salmon flies. Once you start, once you start, you know, putting super married wings, big stack married wings, you got an underwing and overwing sides, horns, toppings, when you start adding all that stuff to it, that's when that's what we call full dressed. Gotcha. At least that's what I call full dressed Atlantic salmon flies. And like I said, it's a style. Basically, when I say something like a spay fly, I typically am leaning towards style. And if if it you know if oh no that's a true spay, I'll tell you hey no that's a true spay. But I I hmm. I associate the words with style if that makes sense. So you don't? Uh, I mean, do you ever call your flies Atlantic salmon flies? No. Yeah, you don't. I live in I live in Oregon. Yeah. No, right. I, I, I I would well I say I I do call them I guess I could call them full dress, but I'm an efficient for stealer. Yeah. Although there <laughs> is know? the uh, what is it up there the, the Atlantic Salmon Fly Guild right the Northwest there's a yeah that crew I'll put a link in. I'll I'll hit that one in the show notes as well but yeah the Northwest Northwest Time Guild or something like that yeah yeah that's uh. We had uh, Joe Rosano was on. He talked about that in the history. Yeah, there's quite a bit of history. I, a lot of those Northwest guys up there, you know, were part of that group or still are. Yes. Um, I, uh, I was hoping to get up there and tie with those guys at some point. Um, I got offered from Ben at Lanterton, at Lagerton to go up there one time and meet him. And I was just mm. so busy. I couldn't make it. So. That's right. Yeah. I see that a lot. Who, who's the Dan? Who's uh, Lagerton? What, what, what's that? I haven't uh, heard much about him. Uh, ben, I haven't, man, I, Ben's an awesome guy. He's up in British Columbia and, uh, I, I actually got to meet him in Albany. And then after that town, he just, you know, being part of his pro staff and, you know, just helping him spread the word at Lagerton. Um, for me, it was a huge deal because up until I really got to meet Ben, I never got to use full metal tinsels and man, it really changed my perspective and my ability in tying, at least for me, you know, 
everybody talked about Lagerton, man. You when when I was around, you could, but you couldn't get it anywhere. And now it's it's kind of blew up a little bit. Um, it's at my local fly shop and stuff like that now. So it's just cool to be a part of of that team. And I mean, there's some amazing tires, and just being able to rub elbows or talk with some of those guys and and share ideas, even though I'm terrible about it and haven't got to talk i mean I, I can't even tell you last time i got to talk to ben but um it's just cool to be a part of those guys and and use those materials sure what's your what's your local fly shop uh ben fly shop oh ben fly shop okay yeah mm-hmm. that's right you guys have a few uh how many shops do they have there now there's well there's Man. i guess there's one out and there yeah there's one uh think of the guys out at um not sun river but yeah there's a few around the margins i think yeah there's sisters. I know there's one. I know there's one of sisters. I know there's one in Redmond. Uh, I know there's. I think there's two in Sun River. Um, I I actually want to go to the other one because uh, a friend of mine at the Ben Fly Shop. I think his father-in-law works at John Olsh. I'm gonna mess up his last name. Olshluski, and I've admired his flies and books many many times, and I definitely want to go out there and meet him and and just talk flies with him at some point. Um, just haven't, but uh, there's, and I know of four or five in Bend. Ben, the Ben Fly Shop's the main one. Chris, uh, it's weird. I, I, I drive by it almost every day at work, and finally I hopped in there, and he grew up over in the or steelhead fish in the same area I grew up steelhead fishing. So we have a we have a lot ton in common, and man, those guys in there, honestly. Uh, one day I was down in the chutes and geez, he was just running gear and he took time out of his day to come down and, and show me some of his waters. Actually, we were trying to get our buddy Joel in, into his first steelhead because he'd never caught one yet. But uh, I mean, just awesome people, man. Awesome people. Yeah, I'm looking at one of your expert uh, patterns right here. The um, I don't even know what this is. I kind of picked this off of your feed because it looks kind of trouty, but it was from mm-hmm. uh, uh, March 5th. Um, tonight's bugs uh, with, you're on with Joel there as well and I'm not sure if you know this one it's got you know it's got March you, yeah you take take a look at I'm that. on here too oh good um, and it's got like you got one fly the top is orange the bottom one's like bluish purple and it's perfect those are okay that's yeah. awesome man yeah yeah and I out of all the flies that you have on there I picked those out they just kind of stuck out because they look kind of trouty right a little bit yeah and those the top one is a Karen fly, okay. which is a true spay pattern. Oh, it is? Yes. And the bottom one is also a true spay pattern, just in a different color. Okay. So true spay, and, and that means because there's no tail. Yeah. And then the, and they are. Yeah. Yep. yep. And what is true the, uh, what is the wing? Bronze mallard. Uh, yeah. So there you go. So it's got the bronze mallard and then, and then the, um, What's the hackle it's spun with? Is that also what are you using there? It's it's natural jumbo schlopping. Schlopping. Oh wow! Yeah, that's, that's yeah. schlopping, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's, um, yeah, the traditional space. There was a a chicken space side called a spaycock, and that's what the hackle. Everybody kind of assumes everybody says that the spaycock is extinct, but I don't know how the they you know I mean they're chickens they can't vary that much so right. that's what they use nowadays just jumbo schlopping. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. So, and then, and then it's pretty standard, right? You just have a, a basically a floss body with a, a rib of, is that some of that, what do you have there? Um, on the top one, that's the Karen. That's a 
uh, orange silk body. It's got flat, uh, flat silver, and then a piece of red silk, and then fine silver oval. Gotcha. And why why the silk for the body material? Why not something else that's flat like that? Silk is is this you can get the smoothest, naturalist, sheeny. I mean, it's silk is just unreal compared to all the other flosses, man. Um, yeah, I've I've tried a lot of the other flosses, uh, the depth ray stuff, whatever. The old school um, is a lot is very brittle. Silk is it's kind of frustrating to work with right when you start off with, but after you start using it, man, it has its own natural sheen to it with a, that a lot of other materials doesn't. Mm-hmm. And man, you can and you, you, when you get the silky smooth, you know, that's yeah. where, so. where you get the silky, <laughs> where you get the same from, man. It's uh, yeah, the bodies are just unreal. Yeah, no, I mean, Silk, again, there's a great tip right there. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping maybe to come out of this with with some tips, some tying tips or whatever for somebody that, you know, wanted to dig into this more. And I'm not sure if we'll get 10 tips, but we'll, we'll kind of work on it. I was looking at, yeah. uh, you know, the hook itself. So do you use different styles of hook or what types of hooks are you using there? Big time. Um, hooks are becoming pretty much obsolete other than like the uh, Daiichi Alec Jackson spayfly hooks. You know, those are the pretty, the most standardized hooks out there. And to be honest, most of us spay tires don't like them. What about McNeese? Doesn't he have his own hooks? The top fly in there is uh, Dave McNeese, Blue Heron, number three. That's it. Those hooks are, but he's discontinuing them. Oh, wow. So that sucks because those hooks are the best. The the Dave McNeese, Blue Heron hooks, um, as as far as today's hooks and the eyed hooks go, you can't beat him. That's if I, that's all I would tie on. Yeah. Is Dave, what is he like closing up shop or what's he doing? From my understanding. Yeah. I've heard yes. And I've heard no, I heard somebody else might take over. We, it's kind of up in the air, but you should pick up, uh, you should go out there and pick up his, uh, his brand and start selling some hooks. I, I, well, I, what the hard part about it from my, from my understanding of it is it, you got to put a, a lot more money than I have oh, down. That's it. Yep. Yeah. I guess you got to buy it. Yeah. You got to buy it. <laughs> Cause they got to make so many. Yeah. When he does it. So, right. I guess that's the issue right now. And I think he's just, you know, he just wants to sit back and have fun and who can blame him. Hey, I was, I was thinking too, Jason, we're, we're starting to do some things on the, on the wet fly swing podcast where I'm going to be doing some giveaways. Okay. And so when guests come up, like for example, we've got um, a guy, uh, Matt Ray from BW Sports. He's going to be giving away like a rod holder and stuff. But yeah, if you think today, if you think of anything that might be interesting, as we, you know, when we post this later on the on the podcast and everything, um, uh-huh. you know, it might be just a fly or something. I, we had a couple yeah. of listeners that reached out to me when I was asking people what we can do different. And this one guy was like, "Hey, just give away something. I don't care what it is. Just you know, what I mean, some. <laughs> right. So right. I mean, I think even uh, some basic, something really simple would be cool. So yeah, maybe at the end we'll we'll talk about what that might be if if we have something just easy. I have no problem, man. Giving away a few flies. Cool. Yeah, and I actually have one of your flies sitting there. The one you tied is on my on my board. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't, awesome. I haven't fished it yet. Should I get that out and fish it, or should I just keep it hanging? It's up to you, brother. If you want to fish it, fish it. If you don't, God, don't. I would love to I'm catch simple. a steelhead on that, man. If you catch a steelhead on it, I'll tell you another one. Okay, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it this year then, because it's Perfect. huge. It's tied on. It you is. tied that thing on like a what is that? Like a four odd or something or bigger? It's probably a one odd. Oh, it's uh, one I think. I'm sure, but it's a long shank. It's long so shank. It's, yeah. Yeah. 
So D flies, that's kind of one of their particular deals is, is the hook. They're tied on long shake hooks. It's, it's really hard to make a D fly look good on a short shank hook. Gotcha. It's, it's doable. It's just tough. So that's a D fly and, and you tie it. It's got super long the way I say the hackle, but what is the, mm-hmm. when you wrap the body with that long material, what is that called? Is that just the rib? Or that what? is a hackle. That is a hackle. Um, uh, it's, it's brown heron or swamp crane or something like that. That's one thing that uh, one of the biggest things that gets misconstrued in, in time, especially with the long hackles, is everybody thinks heron is illegal. Mo- a lot of heron is illegal, but there is a lot of heron that isn't illegal. Um, and it's very unique. It's very hard to get, but it's very unique. And it's, it's the only way to get those super long flowing hackles. Um, and, and you know, what's funny that I, I find funny is, uh, most people assume that super long hackle, like on that fly with a D fly as a spay, where it's a lot more common actually in a D fly than it is a spay fly. What, what sets D flies apart from spays is one, typically they have, they have a tail. Um, and two, it's the wings. The wings are the big deal with the D flies. Um, on, I think on that fly, they're set uh, what we call horizontally. So if you're looking down the a side plane of the hook, if you were to touch the wings, you should only see one, just one fiber, you know, go way back. But if you were to turn that fly and look at it from the bottom up as a fish, you can see a big, big profile and those wings really flatten out. That's, so, that w- so that would be what's called a horizontal D-wing set and then there's another one called a vertical where it's the opposite. The side, the side profile has a really big, really broad. Yes. What, why, outline. why did they set those flat? Because you don't see that. I don't think of that very common on flies. Like the flat is that for a type, the way it swims. Yes. Um, from everything that I can understand is, is, you know, is a, one is a profile and what I, 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 I'm very particular to D flies myself and I, I like to fish them a lot too. I, I mean, you can take to the shoots, for example, and mm-hmm. into August, September, you could, I've, I've been down there and I have not been, everybody that I've just said hi to didn't speak a lick of English. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many people. And if you, if you were to go by all those people and, and this is, like I said, this is just a, an example, but if you go down there and there's so many people down there fishing, you know, how many of them are fishing a D fly? not many so no if if any you know it's such a it's such a rare and if they are they're fishing one that is more than likely a vertical wing set there's not very many people fishing the horizontal they look awesome in the water and the idea of them is they get a lot they're like scissors is uh if you read uh some of the older books viverka's and shuey's book about the historical stuff is they want them to act like scissors to real move but that big broad profile especially if, if the steelhead is looking up at it and a lot of movement man that's uh you know i always assume it's going to work well <laughs> that's surprising that more people wouldn't be using that i mean i well i'm a good example i haven't used one but it makes sense because the more movement you have on it a lot of times even just with the the knot you use right using that open knot right. can help yep. you know and i think that helps a lot too um, especially yes. when that flies swinging around that's and i uh i I always fish an open knot uh, myself, but with these, you know, even span D flies, 
that's one of the things why I I'm part something about the the length movement and flow of these style of flies when they're in the water to me i i can feel those and i when i feel those i'm like man there's no way a steel is not going to eat this you know that that's just the feeling i get when i see them and and it's weird um i i think you know for example going down back down to the to the shoots just because it's here locally and it's pretty famous um everybody fishes hair wings and they're, and they're typically not very big, you know? Um, so one of the things that, that I always feel I have, I, this is just the way I perceive it. I have the advantage when I go down there or, or, or if I'm fishing against other people that are just typically fishing hair wings, because in my head, it makes sense that the only really reason why a steelhead is grabbing a hair wing is out of color. You know, like a green butt skunk, for example, they're, they like the little, hot spot the butt um you know pink and purple i mean the, the color combinations there are what they are but you know that is really your only attractant when swinging a heroin right because that's because there's not a ton of movement on it. a lot of times just a little little bug exactly and and, and they work great man if and i'm not knocking them i'm not saying don't fish them shit i fish them but i but i always think you know steelhead travel in groups is the other thing i've learned over my steelhead years of fishing and i always think if there's one that's just going to grab on color there might be another one laying right next to it that's going to grab on movement and color so i i don't think that the movement is going to deter that one steelhead that is going to eat on color he's going to eat both flies but there might be another fish laying next to it that might get provoked to strike just because of the move oh Oh, I don't like that color, but, uh, you know, it's kind of happening. I uh, don't want it. It's just color. I uh, don't, oh shit. That thing's moving. Oh, oh that's, <laughs> so that's my perspective of, of the way I, that's why I like to fish them so much is I, I, I feel like I'm triggering more, uh, strike provoking, you know, senses of a steelhead. Yeah. It makes sense. Have you ever done like two flies for steelhead? I haven't. Yeah. That's the way, uh, well, and I have, I've done it a few times, but yeah, I mean, do one of your big spay flies and then trail off of that a little tiny bug. That might be, right. a, although I, I usually don't do it because I would get tangled. That's always, the, that's where I, <laughs> that, that's where I'm, I'm at, bad buddy. enough with the spay rod as it is. I don't need another, <laughs> another thing to screw me up. Yeah. I'd okay. beat the shit out of everything. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at another fly on your Instagram. This one's from February 16th. And this one looks more like uh, it's got a big broad wing. It's uh, got that light blue, kind of like the King, I guess the King Fisher blue. What, what's this one called? Um, oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, see, that's just kind of a mix. Um, is that a, so that's not a pattern. That's just something you kind of, yeah. That's a freestyle tire. That's a freestyle 42 just fly. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So there's no, that one was just like grab some materials and start throwing them down? Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a mix of a spade D and then just, you know, having fun with it. Um, for me, I consider this as a spade style because I, I would say I derived the ideas from a spade fly. But there's, there's definitely some D in there. The tail and everything like that is definitely some from a deep what about that married wing what's for somebody that hasn't done the married is there are there any tips there on doing that thing uh, 
the tips, probably the best tip I can give you is there's there's a lot they're a lot easier to marry than most people think. Um, any feather, if you were to just for instance take a big turkey feather, and if you were to get one of the center tails where both sides are what we consider good, you know they're both almost the same material coming off both sides. If you were to take that stem and on the left side of that feather you could take any other feather dang there that there is out there. If you were to hold it next to it and take the left side of that stem, you can stick to each other. They're like Velcro. Feathers are like Velcro. They want to marry together. Some marry easier than others. Um, but if, you know, if you're, if you're looking straight down that stem, anything on the left side, if you were to, will marry to any other feathers left side and, same for the right anything to the right side if you find good material to any other feather on the right side of the stem and trim a few fibers they're going to want to stick together it, it's not very hard setting wings on them is the hard part that's the frustrating part setting wings is actually tying them on yes and are you tying those on individually or the whole thing how are you doing that uh together yeah. at the same time that's right and what's the what's the trick there is that just a loose wrap or how, how do you get this stick up straight I, Man, I use the I use a soft loop loop technique is um, is what it's called. Um, I I have tried some other ways, um, but it, that just works best for me. Um, I actually saw a really cool idea that made a lot of sense, um, but I can't remember what it's called from Joel. That he had a link he sent me, but you're uh, I can't even explain it. So we just won't go there. <laughs> we just won't go <laughs> yes, there. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Joel, um, yeah, remind us who uh, who Joel is. Joel is at uh, Joel Hill. Oh yeah, Joel Hill. He's a he's a real good buddy of mine. Um, me and him talk all the time about all this stuff, and that's a lot of times where I do my live videos with and stuff. He's just a good buddy. He lives up in Washington. Okay. Uh, have a very. We seem to have a very uh, similar view of how we tie flies, man. That's all. Yeah. How do you get the head on these things, right? That's a big challenge for a lot of people, keeping a nice, neat, clean head. What, what are the tips there? Man, it's the head is just, you know, the finishing part, but I use the same, the same tip. The best tip is throughout the, the whole fly is make every wrap count. I don't like do big open wraps on my flies and my underbodies. I have every wrap nice and touching clean and i burnish everything in my underbodies and then when you get up to the head man it's uh you know i use a 16 knot vivas thread which is re really super thin it's really super strong too um some guys joel in particular he's had it where when he wraps his wings and he wraps them really tight he's had a cut material i've never had to do that but um you know i can get six or eight wraps of nice firm holding um, wraps that'll really hold my material in where if you were to use six odd or eight odd, you know, my six or eight wraps is like three wraps of that. <laughs> so I can get a lot of securing wraps, um, nice tight securing wraps that don't take up much space. So you're securing these things. So you're, you're kind of doing the secure wrap wrap and then wrap back out to keep less wraps up. Are you doing that a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always, I, I always try to keep it level. Um, you know, as you get to your head, you're, as you tie in stuff, 
and you trim off the fibers, you're going to get, you know, you're, there's going to be some angle there, but I always, you know, back and forward, just nice and flat and smooth. So if I tie my wings in, like my first wrap, my soft wrap is going to be the farthest back, tightest wrap. And then I'm going to work my way towards the eye of the hook. And if I have to attach anything else, then I'll wrap nice and neat back so that it stays even. Yeah. So it stays even. So you're not, you're not doing a lot of buildup, but you're, and you're really spreading out your securing wraps along your materials. The same wrap over the same place doesn't do very much good. Yeah. It's always in a different spot. What, and yeah. on, on average, all these flies, you got a bunch of different ones on your feed there, but w w how long does one take just roughly? Uh, man, it, re it really depends. But yeah. uh, a tip, I mean, Hour-ish. Two, three hours probably. Oh, yeah, some more. So more. two, three hours, yeah. yeah. That's right. So what is your number one go-to like tomorrow? Well, not tomorrow, but when you're going out for sub or steelhead, what, what fly are you putting on there? Man, I... I I've, I got a big fly box. Yeah. Are you always testing out stuff? Are you every day? Are you just trying something different? I let the river and the feelings that I'm, you know, the things I'm dealing with, let me feel how to, to what's going on, man. I don't, I don't ever have any preconceived notions. Typically, um, maybe purple, you know, I'll have a purple, but then I, then I go through my stuff and I kind of let them tell me which one to put on there and then roll with it. I could tell you that the last steelhead that I hooked on the Deschutes was on a gold, uh, sorry, a purple king, which is a, you know, one of the most traditionalist bay flies that exist. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, so being able to bring a fly that's from the mid 1800s back and hook a steel on it, steelhead on it was pretty awesome. And now let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Koffler Boats specialize in custom-ordered aluminum boats and uses the best materials, components, and accessories available to meet all of your fishing and boating needs. The Jet Drifter, a perfect powerboat for shallow water rivers or lakes, will perform with as little as a 35-horsepower prop engine, but the whole design will also accept larger engines. In addition, the Jet Drifter is also designed to be rowed. The Jet Drifter can be custom-built in 14-foot through 18-foot lengths, and uh, I've been rowing Koffler drift boats for most of my life. I remember going down the river in my dad's Koffler boat when I was a kid. And since I have transitioned into the 17 by 54 drift boat, perfect for packing a ton of gear and still staying nimble. If you need a bulletproof boat that can literally sit outside all year long when not in use and take a beating, Koffler has the boat for you. Whether a jet drifter, drift boat, Rocky Mountain trout boat, or sled, Koffler has you covered. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash Koffler to connect with Joe and the family today. That's Koffler, K-O-F-F-L-E-R right now. Wetflyswing.com slash Koffler. You support our podcast by clicking over through that link to connect with Joe. Please let Joe know you heard of the ad through the podcast when you connect and check back with me to celebrate if you end up making a purchase. Now let's get back to the rest of the show. And yeah, let's just, Jason, let's walk through this fly again. I want to, because I think this one we're looking at here is kind of seems to me like this. It looks almost, I think of Atlantic salmon flies. It kind of looks like that. It's got a lot of stuff, right? It's got a lot of stuff on it. Um, I'm actually looking at the real one right now. Oh, okay. What's the tail? What's the tail? That bend, you know how you get that bend? Is that just getting the right material that it bends naturally that way? 
Yes, sir. It's kind of that, is a, that is a uh, golden pheasant crest feather. Yeah, dyed. Yes, dyed black. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of little tips to get them to. I like them to arch and fan out, so they kind of crests are a pain in the butt to work with. Oh, I walked away from my phone because I was holding my fly. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> no worry. I'm gonna, <laughs> hey, Jason, I'm going to bring uh, Jason, I think, has a question. So if okay. you have time, let's bring him up on stage here in a sec. Uh, so I'm going to bring ahead. you up, Jason. But hold on. Hold on a sec and let me finish this thought. So, yeah. And, yeah. and these, like I said, we'll post this later. But if you want on Instagram, uh, Freestyle Tire 42, February 16th was the fly that um, I was kind of looking at there. Um, and, uh, yeah, if Jason wants to come up, we can we can hit him up. But... Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's just a cool, right? So you got the tail there, um, which uh-huh. is cool. And actually, I guess it's, uh, it's, uh, Jacob. Um, but okay. yeah, let's stop there. Jacob, do you, uh, do you want to have a question here? If you want to unmute for Jason? Yeah. Um, so I recently purchased, I found, uh, some eBay, um, like prime, uh, mallard flanks for, uh-huh. um, like zoo cougars and stuff like that. So like the big, 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 uh, mallard planks, but they're all white and I like to tie in different colors. So I was going to start experimenting with dyeing. So I was wondering if you had any recommendations on maybe brands of, um, dyes or, um, Jack or if I can show Jacquard, Jacquard, J A U Q Jackwids. My buddy, uh, Joel does a ton of dyeing, man. And, uh, that's the stuff that he uses all the time. I'm not huge into dying. It is something that I'm going to dabble in. Um, I, I just haven't got into it, man. There's a lot to it. Uh, vinegar, you got to have vinegar and stuff like that. But, uh, Jackers, man, if I, yeah, I know I'll, I'm not saying it I'll right. Put a, uh, Jason, I'll put a link in the, uh, the show notes. Well, eventually for this, but uh, Jacob, if you want, you could hit me up on Instagram and I'll connect you with, I know Jason doesn't have his Instagram feed set up, but uh, I'll connect you with all the information you need. I know we had at least one podcast guest in the past that talked about dying. I think McNeese talked about it. Oh yes. McNeese is the master of it. Um, he is, he has set the standard of it. I mean, you you can't get the stuff you can't do it better than he does it. He typically does everything in UV too. From my understanding, everything is done bleached white and then UV, and then he dyes UV over it. That is the man. Dave McNeese is the man with any dying questions. He, uh, he gets better colors than anybody out there. And everybody is always learning from him. Yeah, that's right. And I'm just looking now, if you, uh, if you go to, um, wetflyswing.com slash uh, 155. That's episode 155. I had uh, Dave on. He talked about dying fly, dying feathers. And so that's a good place, Jacob. You can get started there. If you have questions, I can connect you directly with uh, McNeese. He, he is, that was an interesting episode as well. So um, check that out. But um, did that answer your question, Jacob? Yeah, absolutely. I was having a lot of trouble finding, I've tried to find it on like forums and stuff, just information about dying. There's really not much out there. Um, it's glad it's kind podcast on it. That's perfect. It's kind of a, uh, you know, it's kind of a, uh, how do you say underground, I guess, you know, it, it really is. Um, the guys who are really good at it, you, it's kind of their fly time. And it's, it's kind of one of those things where 
why I haven't taken it on is because everything I do, I kind of dive head like all the way into it. And I already have hard enough time finding time to tie. Next last thing I need to do is add another hobby. And then the next one I really need to get into is hook making, man. So, I mean, I'll never get a tie flat if I get into dying and hook making. (laughs) I mean, there's, there, they are, uh, they're pretty, uh, stringent, you know, hobbies, you know, they, there's a lot to them. They're not just, yeah, it's not like just, it's a life. Yeah. You're going to go do it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, so for me, I know if I got into it, it would, it would kind of consume me a lot, but, uh, I will say, I I also have a book here, uh, one of Michael Radisich's books. And there, there, there is a whole section in here on dying. Uh, it's I have tying the, the classic salmon fly, a modern approach to, to traditional techniques, edited by Michael D. Radisich, and his chapter six. That's all it is, man. And he has some super awesome literature. I mean, like he has a color wheel that you're uh, he's pinpointing. You know, hey, I want to get this this little tiny between red and violet, red violet. Da da. He has all, I mean, that one, it looks like uses one, two, three, four, five different dyes to get that color. But he's, he's very, it's very well put together to where you can understand it better. It's not just, you know, oh, you're going to buy red, violet dye. No, you, you need multiple color dyes to get, to achieve these colors. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, uh, yeah, Jacob, I'll uh, definitely when I do this episode that we're doing here on the, on the blog, I'll, I'll write up and have links to all this in the show notes and things like that. But if you want to get any of that ahead of time, just hit me up. Like I said, on Instagram and I'll, I'll connect you. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's keep moving along here. Um, I guess we're kind of covering that. I mean, how do you feel Jason about, it? I mean, we've obviously been touching the surface on some of this stuff, but what else would you tell somebody that's new to tying spay flies to, to help them get started? Are there any other, you know, tips and tricks or other resources that we should, we should touch base on here? I would say it's probably easiest and man best to do is uh, actually tie. And this is, this is just me. I used to be the complete opposite, but now as I've kind of got matured and got older and have a, the understanding I have now of my hobby and my passion, um, I used to never tell people, man, just tie what you want, tie what you feel, tie whatever, screw it, just have fun. And I kind of, you know, Oh, well, you need to try traditional flies. And I was like, nah, they're kind of boring. They're bland. They don't, they don't keep people's attention. But I would say if you're going to, you know, if you want to tie span D flies and become efficient and good at it. Now my opinion has changed. I would say, go back, look at the Knox patterns, get good at tying those. Look at all the, you know, the old school D patterns, the Ackroyds, the killers, the white wing killers, the, you know, the tartans, I mean, there's so many cool flies, you know, just become proficient at tying those. And then as you, as you become mainly because those patterns are, are are pretty simple, you know, perfect those and then, then apply your colors and stuff. And then take, even then, you know, I, I, I honestly can say I probably never tied the same fly twice, you know, um, I always kind of change stuff up a little bit, make each fly yours, but, you know, kind of go off the basis of those flies because of their simplicity. It really, as you perfect those and you start wanting to bite off more, you're allowed to do that because you're already proficient 
in the basics. If that makes sense, you know, get the basics down, man. Get the basics down. And to get the basics down, like we were saying, you you noted a couple of books, but maybe just would it be helpful just following, maybe watching some videos, like watching you out there? Is that would that be oh, just as easy time. as anything? Yeah, um, it it would be easy. Um, like I said, sometimes you know, me and buddies we're, we kind of shit talk each other a little bit, so we're we're kind of having fun on there too. But I mean, definitely, you know, we we more than welcome questions. I mean, I think for me and I know all the other guys that I tie with, uh, we really, you know, the way I look at man, I didn't get to where I was tying and I'm nothing special by any means. I'm just a guy who loves tying steelhead flies and absolutely loves steelhead. And, uh, and what I tie is out of my passion for steelhead. That's, that's why I tie these flies. They're beautiful fly or beautiful fish deserve beautiful flies. That's my theory. That's what I'm sticking to it. I love giving them my best. I tie my best fly every single time. Same with my knots. I try to make my best cast. You know, everything about them deserves my perfection. The way I, just the way I perceive it. So you're fishing these things, these flies that you're, these amazing, you're not, uh, you're getting them in the water. Right. Oh yeah. Big time. When you're fishing those, how do they, are they, are they, you know, if they get some eats on them, are they lasting for a while or are, they, are you kind of using them once and done? Man, if if I get a steelhead to eat one of my flies, I, I've always wanted to just pull the fly, take a picture of the fish, and frame it. It's not what it's not what I always do. It's not what I do. And I fish them until they can't move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I but you know, and 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 it makes the moment that you do catch a steelhead on one of those, you're never gonna forget it. You know, the effort you put into the fly the effort you put into chasing the steelhead and the effort when it all comes together, it's something that's what I'm pursuing is just, it's a way for me to make memories that last. One thing on life I found out, that's the only things that matter and last is memories, you know? So make as make as many good ones as you can. Yeah. And you're doing it, you know, you're doing it your way. That's what's cool about it. I think about, you know, you, we mentioned the sparse flies at the start, but I've had a few trips where I do like the small stuff, the really tiny, small, you know, size eight, even size 10 steelhead flies. And sometimes those things are getting eaten up and they're losing, you know, the hair oh, ring. Yeah. And it's just yeah. a little speck of a black thing in the water and it's still hitting fish. Catch the fish. Yep. So yep. I almost feel like sometimes when they get eaten up a little bit, especially for trout, I mean, that, I think that's definitely yeah. true. Yes. Um, with these ones, man, you know, and I'm going for a complete different grab than most. I don't want the little stop, lift up my rod. There's a fish head shaking shit. I want them. I want them to rip the rod out of my freaking hands. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. That, that I don't have to catch a fish. All I have to do is touch him and play with him for a little bit. I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to catch more steelhead than most over my lifetime. Most, I, I'll be honest. Most of it wasn't on flies. Um, but man, I've caught, thousands and thousands and thousands of them and i love them to death to this day i i, I don't you know i was just a spoiled rotten kid that that learned rivers and and uh and where i fished man there was a lot of fish around so i caught a lot of steelhead when did you start fishing steelhead. for steelhead yeah uh, I, probably when i was 12 12 so and you're what, what do you know or how long ago was that like trying to get get a year 26 years ago 
26 years ago. Okay. So yeah. So, so we're looking, uh, so that's taken us back to the, what is that? The mid nineties, right? Yes, sir. So mid nineties. So basically the interesting thing about that is in the mid nineties, early nineties to mid, that's when the runs of steelhead were pretty low, fairly low while well, they were coming out of a low period. Yeah. And if you look at the cycle, you know, it was low in the nineties and it climbed back up to the two thousands and 2005, yeah. 10, and then now we're back down to that nineties. You know what I mean? So we're, yeah. we're in this cycle and it's, yep. it sucks because you know, the runs are down, but uh, I believe they're going to come back up and it's just going to take some time. So yeah, everything kind of works. But one of the biggest things that I think, you know, most people, there ain't the same amount of people fishing for steelhead that's as true. there was when I was, that's and true. That's, that's the, you know, I think that's the one thing that most, everybody has the right to do it. Oh, you, you mean there's a lot more people now? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's just, uh, and they're better at it than they ever have been. When, you know, when I started doing it and I became an, uh, I became a deadly steelhead drift fisherman. To this day, if you put a drift rod in my hand. Oh, man. You were the drift fisherman. Man, I, and if, if there's steelhead around, I'm going to catch them. It's not a matter of, you know, it's just a matter of how many. I'm going to catch steelhead. Like an egg or corkies? Corky and eggs and sand, all that stuff, man. I corky and yarn, all all that stuff. And my drift fishing background has really carried over into my fly fishing world because it's very similar. It's a feel. It is you you you're feeling everything. And you get into this zone. I mean, when I'm really into steelhead you know when it when it, when i'm swinging a run or i'm fishing a run or however you want to say it i every hair follicle on my body is willing to steelhead to bite on every cast every you're just in this zone and and when i get into that zone man it's uh it, it's gonna happen so you're not thinking about what you're doing for uh like lunch or the next day for work Never. when you're out no you're focused on, you're sitting there, whether you're swinging or back in the days when you're drifted, you're thinking about that steelhead, what it was doing. Yep. Every, you know, feeling what my fly is doing, every cast, is it doing what I want it to do? Is it in front of fish? Am I swinging it right? If not, I'm going to find a way to make it be right. You know what I mean? Maybe I missed that earlier. I was just thinking, you know, in your story. So when did you switch? What made you switch from drift fishing to fly swinging for steelhead? Um, the feel, just the literally the feel. I, I kind of feel like now, um, being a when I was really a drift fisherman, it was kind of a numbers game. And and honestly, Frank Amato wrote an article about this, and he described it the best I could. Is like your uh, evolution. You know, when you're a kid, shit, you don't care if you snag one. You just want to catch <laughs> exactly. one. You know, you know. And then and then you know, it's kind of when I was you know. 15 16 when i was catching a lot shit if it didn't have a fin i whacked it because i had to show everybody around on the river that i was the best and you know it's kind of a bragging thing and uh now man it's not about a numbers it's about doing it the way i want to do it you know i live for the grab that's why i fish big flies i'm not going to have any of these little you still get those damn things tips and taps I, and tugs <laughs> and I, the last one I hooked onto the chutes, that's all it was the two head shakes and it pissed me off and it just stopped right in the middle of the river. My line just stopped and I lifted up like I was in a rock, you know, and you get a couple, I hate that. That's not what I'm going for. I mean, I, 
but uh, I, I want him to rip it out of my freaking hands. That's what I. That's what I'm trying to entice. You know, and I and I do. Lo- I love every aspect. It's almost like the po- the uh, like the podcast stuff I'm doing. I kind of love it all. But it's uh, you know when you get that fish, you know, like it tips it, and then the same fish, uh-huh. you know, tap and then boom, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> then it does hammer it, or it's on the next swing yeah. or something. You know, what I mean, you can almost get all of everything in one shot. But that's that's probably the um, not as common as just getting a slam. Right, right. Um, you know, I just, man, I just, and that's what I live for. And, and typically, when you get one that does that, it's a, uh, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty exciting fight that happens after that. Oh yeah, yeah. If it's if it's hammering, it, you better hang on. Yeah, because you get the jumps and the the line ripping and all that chasing. You're typically you're end up chasing them. <laughs> I want every time that I hook a steelhead, no matter what type of gear or fly or line, all what, however I'm doing it, I want to I want to have the oh shit feeling the whole time. Exactly. That's I love that oh shit oh shit I'm gonna lose it oh shit. It's jumping. It's cart. It's cartwheeling out there. Yep. That's that's the chaos, man. I love that. I mean, that's just my place. When that's happening, man, I'm. You, you feel above earth. I don't know how to explain it. And you just, you feel like you're walking on water. Right. Totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got the adrenaline pumping. Um, well, let, let's start to kind of wrap us uh, up out of here. And uh, I want to go to a fly, just one more fly from your Instagram feed. Okay. Um, and this one, I think it was recently, this might've been last week. Uh, it was uh, March 30th. Yeah. So this one has kind of, again, it's more, it's got that broad wing, but you've got a little, a little extra on the wing there on top yeah on top this yep. is it's got uh, the blue tag on the back it's kind of gonna yep. yeah well what's, i'm not is that another freestyle that's just totally made up uh yes and no it, it's it's actually loosely based off of a uh, childers which is a uh, true very classic traditional salmon fly or atlantic salmon fly or or uh, uh what the hell yeah full dressed salmon fly it's based off a childress though is is a white or a yellow body and everything and the wing is very similar um i just kind of lessened it up a little bit and uh how i came about that one honestly is i was just i mean i literally get a lot of my ideas by going back and looking at classic stuff um like like i said that feathers flies and phantoms uh site i go there and i just look at stuff and I let something inspire me. And on, and on this particular one, a Childers is probably one of the most, uh, Jock Scott is probably the most well-known. I mean, that's the king of salmon flies, but, uh, a Childers is right up there and, uh, had a, the body hackle on that one was actually is a, a badger hacker dot badger hackle dyed yellow. I didn't have any dyed yellow, so I had white. So that's how I just kind of, man, I'm going to try that fly, but I'm going to do it in my own colors because I don't have that one material and just kind of make it my own. That's, that's how, uh, that's how most of the flies that kind of come up, man. And I'll put a link in the show notes again, to, uh, when we do the podcast here with a photo of that one. And do, so you don't have a name for it or do most of these, you do you name them or not? I don't name them. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people ask me about names and stuff like that, but, uh, I, I tied a fly one time and they're like, I, well, what's his name? And I don't have a name like good thing because so-and-so tied it back. 
too many people, you know, too many people uh, do this. And I know there's a lot of people out there that, that tie very similar to me that just tie because of the love to do it. Well, I, I can't name a fly. I can't tell you that that fly hasn't been tied before. And so there's, there's pointless. I'm stupid. I, I name my flies like, uh, okay, this, you know, we, uh, for example, for instance, um, one of the places I grew up fishing, we had a hole we called the big rock hole. That was the name of the hole. So it, this would be the big rock fly because I hooked a steelhead behind the big rock in the big rock. That's, that's the, t- that's the extent. That's the extent of my naming. <laughs> you have a memory of it. And and you can tell on your Instagram because, you, I mean, you don't even have a link out to, you know, it's not like you're promoting these things, really. I mean, you don't you don't have a link to a website or anything, right? You just, it's all on Instagram. And if people want to check it out, that that's where you're at. Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool, you know? It looks like I'm busy and I spend a lot of time, but actually I have, I do have a working life. Yep. <laughs> it take, takes up That's a right. lot well, of you time. Look, you know, some of those videos, I'll tell you, I look the same, man. It's like, I could tell you're staying up late, you know, your eyes are a little yeah. red or whatever. And I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I've, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I probably should be sleeping, but man, I right. just love doing this. So I'm going to like get four hours of sleep tonight and, and just, d- just deal with it. Is that ever a day? Do you ever do that day? Oh yeah. All the time, man. That's why I'm always so damn tired anymore, you know? That's it. Are you a coffee? Are you are you a coffee? What what keeps you going? Oh, Copenhagen and Red Bulls. I, I was gonna say, yeah. So you got the cope still going? <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to get that damn habit. I, I I'm proud to say I love it. It's it's kind of one of those funny things. But uh, what is it? Ten years? Ten years? I love I love Copenhagen, man. Yeah, me too. I I, I quit for three weeks. Was my extent of, of quitting. I quit for three weeks. Uh, me and my dad, and my uncle went fishing, and that was the first time I'd fished during those three weeks. And uh, they kicked my ass, and that never happens. <laughs> and I went to the store after that trip. I wanted to kill everybody on the river. I wasn't in the zone. I was all over the place. I went and bought a can of chew, and I went back down the next day and didn't slayed. land the fish. <laughs> you know, you're uh, you, the thing about it is, is that. Uh, you know, obviously part of it's mental, uh, but you know, you did it for oh, three weeks time. and that's, you're already past the, you know, if you could do it for three weeks then you can do it for, and the thing you realize once you quit is that, uh, it, you actually are better at stuff. You know, that's the thing I didn't I realize, bet. you know what I mean? Because you're not thinking yeah. about it all the time for me. I was always thinking like, okay, when's the next dip? And instead right. you're, you're thinking you're, it's not even on your mind anymore. Now you're th- well, it is for a while, <laughs> I won't, I won't yeah, lie. Yeah. but, right. but eventually it goes away and then you're just, it's not even there. And you know, something else fills the spot, but no, this is, yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to force you to quit here, but, uh, (laughs) um, all right, Jason. Well, I think we're, I feel pretty good. We've talked about some resources. We've talked a little bit about flies, but let's just quickly, I just want to run through this fly and see if there's anything we missed on this one from last week. So the tail, the tail on this one is, uh, is what you have like two tails, right? Yeah, that's, uh, it's, um, a golden pheasant crest and actually it's a, uh, Indian crow sub India, you know, some of the feathers in some of those classics, one thing that should be pointed out, a lot of those feathers, man, are super expensive and super rare. Yeah. Um, you can't get them. You, oh, you can get them. Yeah, you, you can got them, but yeah. if you, <laughs> if you got the deep pocket. Yeah. But like a, a, a true Indian crow feather, um, I've got to tie with five of them in my whole life and they were all gifted to me. Um, and Indian crow is a, what they call a fruit crow. It's from South America. I mean, a pair of them is anywhere from $10 to $50. Oh, wow. For a pair. And 
for a pair two and as if you if you look at that fly it's a tiny little feather chatterer is a is a very similar uh, feather like that and they were very very common and used in almost all true classic salmon flies but today's so everybody kingfisher is a great sub for the chatterer and uh the indian crow you pretty much have to die yourself Exactly. That's why the dyeing is so critical. That's why McNeese nailed it because a lot of the stuff you can't get, but you can dye it to make it look like it. Yeah. You can get very simple and it's, and, and to get it to look like the original is not very easy. I mean, it's, it's typically a two to three or four step process of dyeing. You know, you got to dye it one color, then you got to tip dye it or use a little paintbrush and, and, you know, get the tips just orange, just to write It's, I mean, it's a very intense process. Totally. And, and on this fly that we're looking at from March 30th on your feed there, the, the wing kind of bends up, right? And touches the tail. What, what is that a style? Is that something common? In a lot of these flies in the classic salmon flies and the full dress salmon flies. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's very common. I, that is one of the trickiest things to do is to get that top crest on there. Yeah. To touch it. I mean, you literally look yeah. like it's almost fused together with the touch. Yeah, it's, it's and it's a very cool look, um, and they move a lot. It's it's more for us than it is for the fish, but um, they do. They're really long and wispy, and if you actually look at a crest feather naturally, just on the head, it has a real nice. Not very many feathers have the same sheen to it. I mean, it's 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 got it's very similar to seal and polar bear, where they have the natural translucence shine and sheen to it um those feathers do uh they have the same qualities but they being long like that and over the top they really move in the water just you know subtle movement i think is a is a big thing that i i try to achieve in all my flies well what's the polar bear substitute that people use a lot uh, most people use cat i have a bunch of polar bear yeah oh you do so yeah um but uh most people use some cat calf tail or stuff like that uh skunk i think is a oh yeah is a one fox people use arctic fox a lot too yeah. now okay um, um i'm just lucky i got a lot of polar bear that's cool that's cool well, let's keep let's just keep going on this fly so we got you got a little bit okay. of a thin uh tag a silver tag and uh -huh. then you got a blue tag is that and that's pretty common having multiple color tags or how common mm -hmm. are tags on these fly do most of them have a tag most of the the traditional salmon flies most of them did um you know I think it. I think that's kind of where the whole green butt skunk type thing came from. I think people just put it on there as just a mm -hmm. a, a, a hot spot of a, a subtle color that hopefully that sticks out induces a strike. Yeah, you know, um, most of them. The the silver part is what you call a tip, and the blue part is what you call the tag. Oh, okay. The tip. The tip basically is is ninety nine percent of the time you're using oval tinsel, which is kind of square or round. So it basically builds a dam so that that tag doesn't slide down. your. Oh, hook. right. And the tag is, is the tag silk? Yes. Oh, right. So it's silk and does that, and there's nothing. It's just, um, you don't have to worry about that silk coming unraveled or anything or does Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the whole idea. Basically, that's the whole idea basically of the tip is just to kind of hold everything there. It's kind of just like a little dam. Okay. Okay. And then, a lot of times, you know, yeah. in, in today's flies, probably the most common tags would be flat silvers or flat tinsels, you know? Yep. So it's just a, it's just a little bright spot back there. That's right. That's right. And then, and then keeping on this one, you've got a little tuft of something black. What, what is that little before you get into your body? 
um, that is, that's what we call the butt. And that is a, um, that's ostrich hurl. Oh yeah. That's um, ostrich. Gotcha. Most people, you know, I have it dyed in all kinds of colors cause you can have some pretty cool, you know, I, I really try to blend things either naturally or, you know, or dyed, you know, Pro- probably my, my most comfortable color ranges is blacks, blues, and purple. I always call it the bruiser color scheme. Um, and just blended them in cool ways or different ways, you know, uh, either basically like off in nature, you know, everything's lighter on the bottom, darker on top type ways, or just kind of trying to blend things in differently and uniquely that catch your eye. That's kind of my scheme or my idea in, in all the thing, man. I just, I just like blending colors. Well, and it looks, and that's why this one stuck out. I mean, obviously the wing, but also the, the hackle you used is kind of, you can tell it's like lighter. It looks like a different color. It's kind of dyed. Um, what is that hackle you used on the body on this one? It's actually just a natural badger hackle. Oh, it's just, that's the badger. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I think in the childers in a true childers, it goes, you got a little in the back end of the fly of the body. There's a four or five turns of of white silk and then it's white seal. And then right up at the front, it's got a JC orange seal. That's just barely up in there. Yeah. So you have it in there. There's a little bit of orange up there. Yeah. So it kind of just blends everything. And then, uh, and that, that orange is very close to the tippets, which is the underwing where the, the black orange and black barred stuff. And then the wing I, I think is loosely based off an actual children's wing of how they did it. And then uh, I, I believe on the childers, I mean, it has multiple sides. And then the bronze mallard over the top of that is what you call a roof. Okay. And then I put, uh, instead of putting, I think on the childers, there's probably summer duck, which is wood duck, you know, barred wood duck. And then it's, I think it had chatterer in it. Um, and probably JC, I just put that tragopin eye on there because it just kind of has a natural blend to everything you know the red really fits the orange the white dot kind of fits the body you know you know that's that's just it it helps to have a naturally artistic eye i'm i'm not gonna lie about that that's the you know uh, and that's just that's just my eyes you know how my eyes work i guess all right, Jason. Well, let, let's uh, let's wrap uh, wrap it out of here. And are you? Uh, I guess we talked about any other uh, resources or anything you want to throw out there. Have we talked about most of the stuff. If somebody wanted to dig more into learning about this and the history and how to do this right, anything else we missed? Not that I can think of, Dave. Man, everything sounds good. You know, same with you. If anybody has questions, message me on Instagram or something. I have. I, I've tried to help out as much as I can, man. I didn't get this to where I am and the knowledge I have by myself. I've had a lot of help from some amazing people, um, that, uh, have really, I mean, it's amazing how some of the subtlest things have improved or helped me understand what I'm doing or what I'm trying to accomplish more than, you know, a whole book, you know? So it's been more, more people than books or or more in person sort of thing, or? Well, honestly, most that I've ever learned was, um, through books and honestly trial and error there was uh, there's a big gap in my time i mean where i didn't share any of my ties or flies with anybody because um, of the way i was treated by a lot of fly guys at a fly shop in portland 
You mean you you that was not a good experience? Not at all. Oh, wow. um, they snubbed they snubbed me pretty hard. You know, I was a 12, 14 year old kid coming in trying to buy blind eyes because I've seen McNeese's or Shoeys yeah. flies and man, I want to tie that. How do I do that? How do I get in there? Go to the fly shop where they had the materials and they kind of just snubbed me very arrogant, very no egotistical. But like you're just too too little kid sort of thing. Yeah, don't be what are you what are you messing around with this shit for, you know? Kind of attitude and so I that was the only place I could buy the materials because back then they didn't have internet or anything like that. So I'd go in there and every time it was just getting snubby, snubby. And I'll bet you that fly shop isn't in business anymore, right? Uh, it just went out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It did. There but, you uh, go. Yeah. You know, so until like literally until like, until I want to say about a year before Albany that we met, I didn't, if, if you fished with me, you knew that I tied flies and you more than likely had a bunch of my flies. Um, but until then I didn't share with anybody because, um, yeah, my, my, my view, I always, you know, going back to kind of why I fly fish more when you read a, a gear book, you know, someone talk about how they gear it's all, there's, there's no feel. I've always been attracted to the fly side of it. Cause when you read someone talk about fly fishing, I feel what they, when I'm still, when I'm gear fishing, I can feel what they're saying. So I've always been super, that feeling part is how I've always fished. So I could always relate to it. So that's why I've kind of switched over to fly side. Cause that feeling, I mean, there, there's a soul to it. There's, there's depth. That's not just, Hey, I want to, we're going to go down this river and wax the wood, put them in the boat and be done. You know, I don't, that's, that's not what I'm, after that's not what i want and um if that's what you want i mean if that's what you want more power to you there's there's laws and regulations to, to allow you to do that man have fun at it. do do whatever's legal and have fun i i have no right to tell anybody how to do this but i enjoy the feel aspect of it you know so you know and not being able to so i'd always be in those fly shops trying to get information and pick up stuff but just egotistical stuff burnt me and then uh, as i got older about a year before we met in albany um i started sharing on facebook and man when you when you're getting comments or critiques or information and help and details and stuff from guys like john shuley dave mcneese i mean bob averka these guys i knew about that i've never met i mean guys that i mean there's a lot of other names i can throw out there that are lesser known that are un incredibly talented tires and guys that that i admire their styles man when they're helping you it really pushed me a long ways in 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 my abilities and and information and everything man and just little subtle things you know uh one of the hardest feathers to get in this world is uh busted but i'm gonna from marrying wing standpoint you know marrying wings is a uh it's not super hard but getting them to stay together when you set them uh, a friend sent me a couple busted feathers man and it uh up the curve of how i learned how to tie them in they are the stickiest feathers in the world man they you can just use one fiber or two fibers to get a tough material that won't stick and hold together you can put that on there man and it it's like glue so it's almost like glue. so you can use yeah. that 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 buster to, to basically if you have two hard materials you use that as a middle one to bring them together yes yes that's a great tip, but Bustard is, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen a, 
a single feather go for $800. Jeez. So, I mean, it's like yeah. something you, yeah. And a gentleman on one of the spay tires, uh, the spay tire, he sent me a couple feathers and said, Hey, Jason, man, your flies look awesome. Yada, yada, here, man. I, I can see you're learning still and progressing. Here's a couple feathers, you know? So I always want to return that. Um, I didn't, I didn't get where I'm at by, you know, it's not just all me, man. It's, it's a, there's a lot of help and influence behind totally. the things that so I do cool. in time. It's a cool community. Where, where would, you know, where is, you know, they could follow you on Instagram. Where is another good community? Like if somebody wanted to learn about this and is there a, like a, anything out there you, that comes to your head? There's a, there's a couple of Facebook groups that I, that teach a lot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't delve into the true classic salmon flies very much. I, I, I pay attention to, uh, there's a, there's a lot of groups on Facebook that are around um, the full dress, true classic salmon flies. And it's, it's just a finicky crowd because if you do four ribs yeah, instead of five, off. which the, yeah, th that's the stuff they really pick at. And, and, and I understand what they're doing because they're, those guys are really trying, they're, historian buff they're they really want to keep the history history alive and 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 that's great and that's i just use it as an influence but i don't pay i understand what they're saying but i don't uh i don't follow those rules i guess yeah yeah no, i hear <laughs> you. is the best way to put I it hear you. that makes but sense it's not a your lot style. of those no no a lot of those classic tire groups are awesome there's a ton of information and there's a lot of guys willing to help, especially if that's what you want to get into is um, tying those. And there's some that overlap where it's classic and artistic styles because a lot of the classic full dress salmon flies guys tie just unreal, just creative freestyles, but they're, you know, got full crest wings on top bottom and they go crazy and they're gorgeous flies, you know, and, and those are very artistic. And then, um, the spay tire is another one that I'm a group of. Um, some of the guys get, get real finicky and some of them aren't, I mean, you kind of just got to go into these groups with an open mind and kind of have thick skin that if, that if someone, a lot of times guys don't mean to be dicks, yeah, but they do, right. they come, you know, that's true. they're, you know, yeah. I really think that guys start trying to help, but it comes off in a yeah. very dickish. Yeah. So, you know, but if you go into those groups, man, you'll see a lot of, uh, so you see a lot of the classic stuff and, but you'll see a lot of the, the new age stuff, guys coming up with new ideas. And, and, uh, for me, they're very inspiring groups, man. I use, uh, off all those groups. I, I see something different that I haven't seen and man, I'll, I'll use that and put it in one of my own, my own flies and then make that fly mine, you know, it's good stuff. Heck yeah, man. Nice. Well, I think we're good in the uh, next uh, six to 12 months. Anything new you got coming or are you just going to keep uh, busting out the videos and, and more flies? Um, nothing new coming up. Just hope to get some more time on the water. You know, kind of April, winter steelhead's kind of rolling around, done. And then, then summers. Waiting for summers to come, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, had, I, didn't, I didn't even get to get out this winter, so it sucked. I, I haven't been winter steelhead fishing in two years, man, and it's killing me. Totally. Well, there's always the, yeah, the next year, the next season. Oh yeah. I'll get after being a dad's more important. Yep. That's right. So, yeah. That's, that that's definitely cool. should be the focus. Cool. Jason. Well, I'll, I'll send people out, put a link out to um, your Instagram freestyle tire 42. And what is the 42? 
a football number. Oh, there my you favorite go. number. <laughs> yeah, football. Perfect. Ronnie Lott was my favorite player oh, growing Ronnie up. Lott. So I uh, love that. I guy. got to. I got to be 42 in high school, and then after everything else, man, that was my yeah. number 42. Ronnie, Ronnie Lott was the San Francisco 49ers, right? Yes, sir. And he was safety. A, safety. That's right. He was the badass safety. Yeah. Yep. So that's I, I always try to hit people like Ronnie Lott. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> cool, man. All right, Jason. Hey, thanks for all the, the you know information and, and chatting here today and you know everything you're putting out there. It's been great. I'll keep following you and, and sending people your way. And yeah, hopefully I appreciate I, it. I'd love to get into it a little more if I can find some time and it'd Heck be yeah. fun to tie up one of these flies. I'll, I'll have to watch catch some of your videos. So on those videos, do you do so you'll just know you'll just be on and all of a sudden you're you're just tying a fly with somebody somebody else, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I just they're random, man. I don't have a schedule. It's too hardness and the busyness of life to kind of schedule it. So typically it's like probably tonight I'll, I ain't doing anything. So I'll hit up one of my buddies. I did one with Joel last night and then, you know, hit somebody else up this tonight or if somebody hits me up and wants to tie, man, if I'm available, I just, let's do it. Perfect. <laughs> do it. Perfect. Well, I'll keep my eyes. I'll pop in one of those uh, coming up here and, and chime in a little bit. And yeah. Heck all yeah. Right. Appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for everything, buddy. Cool, man. Well, thanks for all your time. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links, and everything else we covered today, head over to wetflyswing.com slash 235. That's 235. We'll have some, uh, some good stuff over there for you. If you found this podcast episode helpful, please share it on social media and leave a five-star review on your app of choice. You can head over to wetflyswing.com slash love to do that. Uh, that would be amazing. And uh, we're at Wet Fly Swing on all the uh, most of the social media apps. So check us out over there. Um, Instagram is probably where we're uh, most most active right now. That's pretty much it. That's a wrap for today. Uh, thank you for stopping by till the uh, the end here. Appreciate your support and uh, looking forward to maybe catching you on the river or maybe online. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.